And that's the bottom line, cause Stone Cold sets up. Welcome to the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast, the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin. This week is episode 32, and it's Vince McMahon's master plan from September of 1998. I'm Mike Pru, along with JV. JV, how you doing this week? Doing well, man. Gearing up for a uh, what looks to be a very interesting episode for us. Some uh, Some highs and lows, for sure. Yeah, definitely noticed a lot of lows early on. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. But there are some definitely some uh, great spots here that we'll be getting to. Yeah. You know, we're we're coming off to this episode. Yeah, we're coming off fresh off of SummerSlam, the Highway to Hell, which we covered last week, where Stone Cold mm-hmm. retained against the Undertaker. Undertaker was in cahoots all along with Kane, but he he made sure that Kane didn't interfere in the match, and that it was a fair match at SummerSlam, and as we're going to get into, it kind of pissed off Vince McMahon that, you know, Undertaker didn't take the help from Kane to take the title off of uh, off of Stone Cold. So McMahon's kind of a little dicked off, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But was there anything else going on? You know, the Celtics, they got a you know, big game this week. Oh, yeah. Big win yesterday and a big game tomorrow night as we record on this fine Monday. So... Um, they look good. good. I didn't yeah. think, uh, you know, it's Milwaukee. They were the, arguably the best team in basketball in the regular season. And they have the uh, Giannis, the Greek freak, who's a freaking monster. And they kept him in check. Old man Hawford. And, did. Uh, old man Hawford, dude's younger than us. <laughs> yeah. uh, That's funny. And Aaron Baines putting the lockdown on him, which was, it was good to watch. I'll definitely be interested in checking that out. Hell hopefully, yeah. hopefully by the time you guys listen to this, there'll already be another win. <laughs> yeah, for real. 2-0. Yeah. 2-0 and heading to Boston is what we want. <laughs> That's right. Got to get back to Boston. Yep. So when they when they supposed to play in Boston, would it be like Saturday? Thursday? Wait. No, um, game Friday? three is Friday. Friday. So they, uh, they play tomorrow night. Then they have Wednesday, Thursday off yep. for travel. And then Friday night, the Garden... Eight o'clock tip off, game three. All right, <laughs> all right. So with that, let's get into it. Let's get back to our our Attitude Era, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and like I said, we're coming off fresh from SummerSlam, and there's kind of a lull right after SummerSlam for the WWF. Their scheduling of events have some kind of issues. I don't know if it's related to like a dog show on USA. I couldn't exactly find out. But there's not going to be Raw on Monday night for two weeks. So the night after SummerSlam, no Raw. So imagine that. Imagine that today where they have a big pay-per-view like SummerSlam and then the next night there's no Raw. Oh, that'd be... <laughs> I'd be as speechless as I am right now. I really wouldn't know how to react to it. Like, what do you mean? Like they they never not have it on Mondays anymore unless it's like 
nothing home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like even on Christmas, I think if a girl lands on a, on a like a, a major holiday like Christmas, like it'll they'll still air it. It might be pre-recorded, but I think they'd still show it. I don't know. Well, in this case with um with this raw hair, they they did record it. They did tape it on a Monday night. So, mm-hmm. people were still in live attendance at at the event on the Monday. It just didn't air until the following Saturday. So this is Raw 275, aired September 5th, 1998, taped on August 31st, 1998, and it's a Raw Saturday night special edition. And take a guess at what time this aired on Saturday. Oh, really? Eastern time? Yeah, Eastern time. 6 o'clock. 11 p.m. What? (laughs) Yeah. Almost fucking Sunday. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It would have played into Sunday night. Right. Sunday morning. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Went into Sunday morning. This two hour episode. (laughs) So it's from 11 to 1. So nobody. So with that off the bat, not many people are going to be watching this raw. And you're going to. When we go over it, you'll you'll see why. (laughs) And, uh, you know, the following week, same, same issue. Is uh, they rec- they tape it on the Tuesday the next day, on the uh, on the first September first, and they, they don't air it until the following Saturday after that. So they, they record these two Raws back to back right after SummerSlam. They don't air for like a week and two weeks later. So they don't want to do a whole lot of great things on these two Raws. Basically, is my point that I'm getting to. So <laughs> there's not a there's not going to be a whole lot of good shit on the Raws. They actually save. The good shit for the Sunday night heat tapings during these two week periods. So when we get into the heat action, you'll actually you know that's where you get to see Stone Cold. <laughs> Stone Cold's left off these raws basically, and he's just on those heats for like five minute segments. So yeah, a little different than what we're used to. We're used to like some jam packed shows, and we don't have that with the first two weeks here. So let's get into it. Raw two seventy five. September 5th, 1998. As I said, Vince McMahon's going to be a little dicked off that The Undertaker didn't use Kane to help him get the title off of Austin at SummerSlam. So, without further ado, let's take a listen to Mr. McMahon and his little pissed off attitude he's got. If The Undertaker had listened to Mr. McMahon at SummerSlam, The Undertaker would be the champion right now and not Stone Cold Steve Austin. Then McMahon would really be smiling. May I have your attention, please? That's okay, you can't spoil the mood I'm in, I can tell you. And the reason is that on September the 27th, a brilliant Machiavellian masterful plan will be unfolded. Machiavellian? As a matter of fact, on September 27, there's going to be a breakdown. Yeah, an emotional and a physical breakdown. And who is it that will experience this emotional and physical breakdown? Stone Cold Steve Austin. Well, the September 27th, the next time we're on pay-per-view, that'll be in Hamilton, Ontario. On September 27th, when this plan is executed, Stone Cold Steve Austin will no longer be the World Wrestling Federation Champion. Finally, I will 
will guarantee you. Did you hear what I said? Guarantee you. Stone Cold will no longer be the WWF champion. It's even stronger. He's guaranteeing it. I mean, you think about it. My God, he really shouldn't be the champion as we speak. Sure. Go ahead and cheer your little lungs out. Go ahead. You better do it while you can. You think about SummerSlam. The Undertaker dominated Austin. The Undertaker had the ability. He had the desire. My God, the Undertaker had an insurance policy. What did he do with that insurance policy? He sent Kane back to the locker room. Undertaker, you're a damned fool. Whoa. That's pretty darn strong right there. But I guess it was made all right because the next day after SummerSlam, there he is. There's Stone Cold Steve Austin on that hot new talk show. That cutting edge talk show, Regis and Kathy Lee. And what does Austin do then? Well, he says, you know, oh God, it was such a hard fought battle and, and whatever. And you know what? I really earned a lot of respect for The Undertaker. Isn't that heartwarming? Doesn't that make you feel all warm and fuzzy inside? Wow, Austin has respect for The Undertaker. Come on, Undertaker. I know somewhere in this building you can hear me. And I know your retarded brother Kane, or whatever his problem is, even though he can't talk, I know he can hear me too. Whoa, come on. You two guys should strike terror in the hearts of every WWF superstar. You should dominate the World Wrestling Federation. Undertaker and Kane should terrorize the WWF. But instead, WWF superstars are, I think they're starting to snicker at your mere sight. They're not terrified any longer. Kane, you and Undertaker probably couldn't terrorize a kindergarten. Oh, please. You know what? Kane? Yeah? What? What are they calling him? Well, he's up. Their favorite part of the anatomy. That's class all the way. Undertaker and Kane have been reduced to nothing more than two putrid put. What in the hell is he saying? Whoa. That's it. Two putrid put. Uh oh. Well, wait just a minute. Get out of there. And business is picking up here early. The Undertaker and Kane coming to the ring. And look at the owner of the WWF. Watch it. He's making a getaway. Don't get out of there. Where's he going? The Undertaker and Kane now. Following Mr. McMahon right through the crowd. And in that crowd, he's taking his life in his own hands. Where's he going, JR? I don't know where Mr. McMahon's going. The better be for high ground and... and all right, so right from the start there, you have Vince McMahon. He comes out. He talks of having this master plan, this Machiavellian plan. And 
it will be revealed and it's going to impact on the next pay-per-view which is in your house breakdown on september 27th and that'll be a, a date that will be mentioned numerous times over the course of the next couple of weeks basically in every vince mcmahon promo the announcers are on top of that date like crazy september 27th september 27th non-stop and they haven't done that really with any of the other shows <laughs> saying the date constantly like that. So it stood out to me definitely hearing September 27th. So he says, on September 27th, there will be a physical and emotional breakdown. And who will feel this physical and emotional breakdown will be Stone Cold Steve Austin. So McMahon's all smiles. He has this plan. And he's going to guarantee the audience that Stone Cold will not leave WWF champion on September 27th. And uh, right, right at the beginning of the show, like four minutes in, and I had to bring this up because of what we talked about last week with the Stone Cold baby. <laughs> yep. <laughs> there was actually a Stone Cold baby in attendance. There was like a little boy dressed up as Stone Cold. It's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome, too. Kid has like knee pads on and shit. <laughs> yeah. A little awesome. vest. It's, it's, it's cute. It's good shit. <laughs> yeah, that's parenting that. done right. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's at four minutes, four seconds, so... <laughs> Take a look at that. That's probably one of the best things that happens on this episode. Yeah. <laughs> this baby still it called. It's, uh, it, it's just it is ironic considering we just uh, we just talked yeah. about baby stone cold. We just it. talk about it like <laughs> nuts. And we had like we don't we, we don't, don't watch these ahead of time. So that's a total total yeah. coincidence. That's pretty damn Good cool. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> and so McMahon claims Austin uh, should not be the champion currently because. You know, the circumstances of the night before, you know, Undertaker should have won that title and he should have had Kane on his side. You know, he brings up the fact that, you know, that's your insurance policy, Undertaker. You know, you left your insurance policy in the locker room. And then the line of the uh, the promo there was, Undertaker, you're a damn fool. <laughs> <laughs> so we start to get... So I, What's that? I like how um, when he comes out, he's like, elated he's very happy oh yeah and uh you know he, he assures the crowd that they can't ruin his mood yeah so yeah that doesn't last <laughs> no no not at all he gets he's, he's gonna get salty quick here oh yeah right at this point he's starting to get salty where he's like oh wow austin has respect for the undertaker he's like just being like big douche <laughs> yeah he's like mocking him in a sense right so at that point he calls out the undertaker says i know where i know somewhere in this building you can hear me undertaker and then this one threw me back when i was listening he says i know your retarded brother kane (laughs) (laughs) i can't just imagine mcmahon saying something like that but there it was and he went that far he went to that level and immediately you get the crowd booze and part of me was wondering are these added in (laughs) Or were, or were people actually really that pissed that he said that back in 1998? I, I don't know. I don't know. I forget because I was younger then, so I didn't – I don't think I was aware of what trigger words or what, like, uh, what do you call it, like, uh, PC culture existed then because PC culture then was a lot different than PC culture now. Right. Um, like, I, we went over this in previous episodes, like, how we feel about this word. It is a bad word, and it's not something that – definitely not something they would use in today's television. No. Um, but, yeah, he it, he gets kind of, like, nuclear heat from this. 
Yeah, at least it sounds like that. Yeah, right away. Even but, Jerry Lawler then, is like, "Wow, <laughs> yeah, like, dude, you're the you're the owner of the company." You're like, right. yeah, I've, I'm pretty sure then they were still doing a lot for like the Special Olympics and stuff. Yeah, they were, and all and all that, like you know, WWF, WWE. They've always been, you know, known to give back to those um, that are less fortunate or those that have um, learning disabilities, yep. you know, physical disabilities, etc. So. That's it just, a, it's weird to see that come out of his mouth. Right. But even still, like, to hear it come out of his mouth. This is the time when you'd say, well, that's a character on TV. That's what I'm playing. Yeah. I don't really think that. That's my character. Whereas today, it seems like people don't distinguish between the character and the real person. You're right. They don't. Especially, especially in sports entertainment, wrestling. Right. Yeah, and I think a lot of the, a lot of that has to do with social media. So these guys, these wrestlers now, are on social media, continuing their character, but also being themselves too. Like the yep. lines are like totally blurred on whether or not you're the character and you're the actor. You know what I mean? The actual mm-hmm. person. So they blend it. You know, they they'll post things about them as like a regular person, like oh, I'm working out the, at the gym. Oh, this is my girlfriend, and then like later on, it's something that has to do with an angle in wrestling. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't, I don't agree with how they, how some wrestlers, because some of them don't. Some of them actually right. had, like Cody Rhodes had his personal when he was with WWF. He had his personal Twitter account, which was Prince um, CGR or something, um, and then he had his wrestling account which where he whether he was stardust or cody Rhodes, wwe etc but he he wouldn't show his personal life on his wwe accounts if you wanted to see his personal life see brandy Rhodes, them going out doing their thing you know um not in character you'd have to follow him on his prince uh i think it was like cody cgr or something like that but what you know he had like a personal account where he saw his personal life but now it's like you like you see these people on social media for example like rusev it's like sometimes he's in character as rusev and other times he's not on like instagram and stuff exactly so it's like i don't know i I don't i don't agree with that and then when they get and then it makes it difficult for fans to kind of distinguish right what's what's character and what's not you're you're really making it easy for them to attack you when you do something that they can kind of deem um, not character, right. even though you may claim you're in character. Right. Or, yeah, if you do something that's politically incorrect because you want to try to build heat for your character, well, it might now affect your personal life because you have those blurred lines. You don't have that yeah. you know, distinguishing. So, yeah, they're doing it all wrong, going about it wrong today. Whereas before, you know, we didn't have the social media. Vince McMahon was just Vince McMahon, the character, and that was it. Yeah. And you know, we knew it was an act, but it's just a different time. Like nowadays, I don't think you'd see Vince McMahon. Like say Twitter was there, not to get off topic here in a ramble, yeah. but there's really not much yeah. talk about this episode anyway. <laughs> but when, uh, <laughs> you know, just thinking of Vince McMahon for, for, for say, let's say Twitter was around in 1998. Like I, I, I would imagine Vince McMahon wouldn't be tweeting from his Vince McMahon like CEO WWE, you know, actual corporate account saying stuff like this. Right. You know, I'm sure he'd have like a heel McMahon. I would think he would because he's he's a business savvy dude and he's a pretty intelligent guy. Right. Um, he'd Mr. have a separate McMahon. account to do that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mister McMahon. There you go. Yeah. 
Yeah, so let's get back to it, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, though the different times, so you know those things will come up, and uh, like it would, like we said last week, the, the Rock, who you know maybe one day could be president of the United States, he's going to be using a lot of language that he wouldn't have. <laughs> yeah, if it was his personal, you know, if he was going to be accused of being that way in his personal life, and people seem to forget their their acting. But anyway. Yep. Back to this. McMahon is egging on The Undertaker and Kane. And that's what he's trying to do. He's just trying to elicit a response from them to get them to get fired up and pissed off. and Because he wants to use them as a tool to wreak havoc throughout the WWF. So he says, you know, you guys, you couldn't even terrorize kindergarten class. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good line. So they, they start to get, um, you know, you get the crowd going, asshole, asshole. <laughs> and McMahon even acknowledges it and says, that's classy. That's classy. <laughs> <laughs> but then McMahon becomes very classy the very next moment when he says, you know, Undertaker and Kane, they've just been reduced to nothing more than two putrid pussies. <laughs> and then he repeats it, two putrid pussies. <laughs> And it gets beeped out, of course, because this is taped. But the fact that he would even say that is shocking, too. So he's said retard. He says pussies now. You think like, maybe the they, you know, back to the point at the, at the start of this segment where we were talking about the time that this episode aired. Maybe they were a little oh. bit more loose with language because they knew it was going to air at 11 o'clock at night. Maybe. That's a good point. Um, that could have been a little bit more behind the scenes. Maybe it was a test. Who knows? We'll never know. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. I thought this was a pretty good segment because this what you're seeing here is McMahon kind of grabbed the heel moniker back, you know, because it's kind of been focused on Undertaker and Kane for the last couple weeks, and McMahon was starting to take a little backseat in that storyline. So this is kind of like a reminder that, hey, I'm the main bad guy here. I'm the, I'm the asshole that you need to hate, and that's what this promo does. You know, and it's shocking. He calls somebody a retard. He calls them pussies. So it's like, oh, this guy's a dickhead. And then all the heat's back on McMahon again. And he's going to try to screw Stone Cold. You know, he already says right from the beginning there, Stone Cold's not going to walk out September 27th with the title. So he's just building up a lot of heat here. And he's back into that main spot as the main heel on the show. Mr. McMahon character. So basically from there... What you have is Undertaker and Kane have a fire lit under their ass, and they're just going to go throughout the show doing run-ins. And like every single match, there's a run-in. You know, Kane and Undertaker interfere against Blackman and Shamrock versus DOA. Kane comes down, he chokeslams Blackman. Taker and Kane beat the shit out of everybody in the ring. Undertaker, um, Undertaker comes down and... They confront the DOA, and you know, just more of this shit. So it's just like nonstop. So when I was getting to the point of side notes, I was like, "Well, we don't. There aren't really is any much side notes because <laughs> Kane and Undertaker are involved in everything. You know, it's whether it's Val Venus versus Vader, they show up there. Whether it's a Tiger Ali Singh promo where somebody's eating worms or whatever the fuck it was this time. Kane I think and it was dog food. Oh, actually, this was the one where Babu or Abu, whatever the hell his name is. And there is some confusion on what his name is because JR mixes it up a few times. All right. So I wasn't hearing things because I'm like, is his name 
they say like three different, at least two different names. Yeah, they said like, Abu the and, and Babu. They said yeah, 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 yeah. And then even just recently on a Pritchard show that I listened to, he says Babu too. Like he he remembers it as Babu. So they they probably didn't know what the fuck they called. <laughs> but actually, in one of the graphics, it was written out. It was Abu with an A, A-B-U. But they even still said Babu after that. <laughs> Not like it was like fucking no important. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, no one cares. cares. <laughs> but what he gets to do, though, in this segment is he gets to make out with a girl. He's supposed to have, like, sardine breath or something. The girl makes yeah. out with him. They call her in from the crowd, and she's got, like, a white... Like crop top on, and her fucking yeah. titties or uh, nipples are like high beaming. <laughs> right. Well, what apparently happened, and obviously not shown on this, was that it was a lot more hardcore than what we got to see. Apparently, he starts like sucking on her tits. <laughs> <laughs> what? All yeah. right. All right. So that's another thing I have in my notes here. After they're done making out on the like on the in the ring, her her nipples are even harder. Yeah. So there was, I was a like, point. Oh, wow. She really like this chick got off like kissing him with all that shit in his mouth. But that <laughs> explains it. What they didn't show on the air. <laughs> yeah, he's like starts kissing her breast and everything. And, that, and that's no from, kidding. And that's from the Pritchard show. That's what he said was was happening. Yeah, so I, oh, some crazy shit. So she was in the audience. She showed her tits a couple of times, and and they brought her in. And then, I mean, I don't know if she was like just like a. Somebody they hired, probably. I would imagine it was somebody they yeah, hired. of course. But, you know, she probably didn't mind getting her titty sucked. <laughs> yeah. Good paycheck. <laughs> yeah. It was the 90s. Right. It was, and it was a good, stupid and, shit for money. And it was going to be taped, so they didn't care. They just cut it yeah. out. Not going to play yep. until almost a week later at 11 o'clock at the <laughs> 1 o'clock in the morning. Plenty of time to edit. Yeah. <laughs> So basically, it's just a bunch of run-ins. I don't want to go through them all. It's just basically whatever match was happening, Undertaker and Kane were coming down by the end of it. So that's about it. That you, lead- know what, you know what the low of this episode is before we get into the next one? What's that? The freaking insane clown posse. Oh, that's right. They're on the show. I hate them. I hated them. <laughs> I hated them when I was a kid. I don't know why. You I, weren't a juggalo? I hated, I hated the whole juggalo thing. I don't know if it's because like... There were just people I didn't like as kids that were into that. And I was like, <laughs> fuck the IC. Like, I just hated them. I hated their music. I didn't like anything about them. <laughs> I was yeah, not a fan of the Insane Clown Posse. I wasn't really either. And I know they have like a cult-like following in like wrestling fandom. Yeah. Cause they they had like their own promotion or something. But Yeah, that's right. And, and some of their music had references to wrestling. Yeah. Because they're big. There was fans, like one obviously. song I remember was a little catchy, but th- I hated their whole their whole act, their whole thing. Like these guys are trash. <laughs> the only song that I remember is the Great Malenko. You know, yeah, I always one. thought of Dean Malenko. Yeah, yeah, same here. That's why. I like- <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it was probably named after his father. Yeah, great, great Malenko, great Boris Malenko. Well, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. His dad was Boris Malenko. The worst part is LOD, one of the greatest tag teams of all time, is stuck in a fucking, you know, triangle match or whatever it was with the Insane Clown Posse and the fucking oddities. (laughs) This is the Legion of Doom. They got fucking Hawk, who's in like street clothes in the match, a fucking mess. They're trying to get draws over. 
<laughs> and poor animals probably just like fuck, just like yeah, it's getting like, the hell out of here. Fuck, am I doing? What here? the hell happened? Yeah, like le- the hey. year prior, they were still like you know they looked like they were going to have a place in the Attitude Era. Once they changed them to LOD two thousand, it, it was over. Yeah, once fuck. you put two thousand on anything, give up. <laughs> it's over. Yeah, you ruined it. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure if we had the time, we could brainstorm other things in the 90s that were like, just put the 2000 on it, dude. That's cool. Well, how about it Wrestle- ended up being terrible? WrestleMania 2000. <laughs> that sucked. Yeah, Wrestle- they, they went from WrestleMania 15, then for WrestleMania 16, it was WrestleMania 2000. WrestleMania 2000. Because yeah. it's the year 2000. Like, fuck off. Who cares? The year yeah, is. Yeah, no one cares. And from the, 2000. The funny just thing. Number. Is so many people are so stupid to the fact that the year 2000 was not the beginning of the next millennium or even the next century, whatever. Because it, the new century or the new millennium starts in the 01 year. Yep. <laughs> you know, you, you, you count up to 100, right? <laughs> 100's not the beginning, 100's the end. The end, yep. Right? So. Yeah, no, I agree. I remember, I remember there was one of, our, one of my teachers made that point in high school. Yeah, because every- it's not it's not the beginning; it's the end. Might have been like Mr. Malali or something. Yeah, because I because I was a class of two thousand one, so I know all the kids are like class of two thousand. Were like, yeah, we're graduating two thousand. Like it was a big fucking deal. It's like it's not yeah. even <laughs> anything. Yeah, nobody fucking cares. You know what? <laughs> Guess who cares? Fucking twenty nineteen. Nobody. <laughs> nobody cares. I graduated two thousand. Who cares? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Cool. That's if that's all you've got to bring to the table in conversation. <laughs> right. Kick rocks. Just fucking exit stage left. And if you say you're the first class of the new millennium, well, you were wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's even worse. Yeah. All right. So let's get now into uh, Sunday Night Heat. This is episode six of Sunday Night Heat. And this was the very next day. This is September 6th, 1998. This is from the same recording, from the same taping as the row we just went over. And. Like I said previously, this is where a lot of the best stuff is happening because it's in a better time slot for people to view it rather than Saturday at 11 o'clock at night. This is coming on at Sunday, 7 o'clock at night. So the things that they really want the fans to watch will be on during Sunday Night Heat for the next couple of weeks. So what we got first off is Kane and Undertaker. They're going to... Beat the shit out of LLD 2000, which is Anhol and Draws in this case. And Vince McMahon's on the stage like he's the maestro directing all the, the choke slams and reenacting the choke slams. And <laughs> he's acting like he's controlling what they do in the ring. Yeah, you might think this guy owns the company or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then just a little while later, like halfway through the show, just a little bit more than halfway through the show, Kane and Undertaker come out with Patterson Briscoe that he's gri- grabbing him by the neckties and they get rolled into the ring. Undertaker calls out McMahon, says he get, he's going to give him 10 seconds. McMahon doesn't come out right away, or he doesn't even really come out at all. And Kane and Undertaker beat on the Stooges and they both get double choke slammed. McMahon's kind of just let him <laughs> get beat down. <laughs> like, yeah, fuck it, I'm not going out there to help them. <laughs> Let's his boys get fucking you're, you're destroyed. My, you're my stooges, so yeah, take an ass whooping. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. All right, now we now we have Vince McMahon. He's gonna come out. He's gonna cut a little promo about his master plan. Okay, so he he gave us a little idea of his master plan. 
you know, it will come to fruition on September 27th when Austin loses his title. But now we're going to get some more details about that. So take a listen to Vince McMahon in his master plan. Well, many of you must be wondering, why is Vince McMahon wearing black? Well, you look great in black, though, Pop. Actually, I'm wearing black because I'm in mourning. Yes, Vince McMahon is in mourning. I'm in... What's that? You, too, will be in mourning soon enough. Crowd chanting for Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'm in mourning because on September 27, Stone Cold Steve Austin's reign as the WWF champion will die. (laughs) How How does he know that? We heard that last night as well. And in a moment, I will be further addressing Stone Cold Steve Austin. But right now, Undertaker... What are they saying? Hey, hey, hey. No, no, it's very, very disrespectful. Undertaker, I understand you and Kane are looking for me. I'm obviously not too hard to find. Yeah. You tell him, Pop. Mr. McMahon is a sitting duck, for the lack of a better term. If he thinks he's going to turn back the challenge of Kane... And the Undertaker here. What do you mean, sitting duck? Mr. McMahon, my pocket hit on himself. Ooh. What do you go on national television and call two monsters pussies twice? Something's up. And the Undertaker and Kane mean business. This is not going to be a social visit. And Mr. McMahon is going to create some distance between himself and those two demons. And who can blame him for that? All I'm asking you... Just wait. Oh, God! Oof. Damn! Uh, uh, I'm... I know you can destroy me with an oblique I'm just asking you for one thing. I want to apologize. I want to publicly and humbly apologize for my remarks to you, Undertaker, and to you, Kane. There's no question now in anyone's mind, you are the single most destructive force in the history of the World Wrestling Federation. I apologize for my remarks, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. See that sincerity, JR? That's sincerity. Undertaker, I truly believe that you deserve another opportunity to be the WWF champion. I I do, I believe, Undertaker, you deserve a rematch. And Kane, you're equally destructive, Kane. Kane, you deserve an opportunity to once again wear the World Wrestling Federation Championship. 
And the only thing right now missing with this equation is the current WWF champion. And Stone Cold Steve Austin, if you have the guts to come out here and stand before Vince McMahon, uh -oh. come on down. Vince McMahon for the very last time. You tell him, Pop, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you something. You've mocked my authority for the very last time, Pally. <laughs> yeah, Pally. There's no, absolutely no redeeming social or otherwise any value whatsoever that you bring to the World Wrestling Federation. Not, not one. And that's why, Austin, on Sunday, September 27, you're going to defend the World Wrestling Federation Championship. You're going to defend the championship against Kane. Wow. Kane beat Austin to King of the Ring for the title. And let me tell you something else, Austin. On September 27, you're going to defend the WWF Championship against The Undertaker. <laughs> what? This is getting good. Two yeah, matches. Let me break it down for you, Austin. Okay, it's real simple. On Sunday night, September 27, Austin, you're going to defend the WWF Championship against both The Undertaker and Kane in a triple threat match. Well, that's not fair. Oh, man, it's not fair. Oh, man. Brilliant plan. Brilliant master plan. Austin is doomed. Austin can't survive that against these two monsters. Hallelujah. All right, so Vince McMahon comes out there. He's all dressed in black. Um, it's, I don't know if his outfit was exactly like what I'm thinking, but he reminded me of... The principal from the Breakfast Club, with a black button-down <laughs> shirt and the hair. Yeah, like the style of it. Yeah, <laughs> even the haircut. Yeah, yeah. that's a he, good one. It definitely reminds me of uh, 
the hell is his name? Bender? No, Bender's the kid. Uh, no, my brother would know. He knows fuck. that movie like word for word. Uh, but he has the the low. You mess with the bull, you get the horns. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. What the hell's his name? Fuck. That's not Ed Rooney, is it? No, Ed Rooney's from Ferris Bueller. All right. All right. The fuck did I write that for? I'm I'm searching for it right now. I put in principal from. I was gonna put Breakfast Club, but I put Breaking Bad, and it showed the, like the hot Spanish girl who's the principal. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that he tries hitting on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's his name? Oh, Vernon, Principal Vernon, Dick Vernon. <laughs> I'm looking at it. it. Does look like him. Oh, he's he's the assistant principal. Oh, I thought he was the. Uh, thought he was just the principal. Man, that's why he stopped doing fucking detention in Saturday school or whatever the fuck it was. Guess that makes sense. Assistant. <laughs> right. <laughs> Principal's oh. out golfing or doing something. That makes more sense. Wine and cheese dinner or something. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so back to what McMahon had to say. You know, he's got his uh he's got his black on because he's mourning. He's mourning that Austin's title reign will come to an end on September twenty seventh. There it is again, September 27th. You got the asshole chance again, of course. It's the same crowd that he spoke to earlier. You know, they still got that asshole chant out. And uh, Kane and Undertaker make their way out. And McMahon's going to apologize for calling them putrid pussies. And he, uh, he kisses their ass at this point and calls them the most destructive force in the history of the WWF. He says, Undertaker, I believe you deserve a match, a rematch. And Kane, you deserve an opportunity. Once again, to wear the WWF championship. And Vince calls out Austin, you know, if you had the guts to stand out here before Vince McMahon, come on down. Like Austin's not going to come out. Like Austin's ever afraid of yeah. Vince McMahon calling him out. <laughs> so Austin's like, yeah, all right. So like the moment he's done calling Austin out, that music hits. And he's right out there immediately. The crowd is like super hot for Austin because they've just been over, like been through almost three hours of recording. And there's been no Austin. So, roof fucking blows up for Austin coming out here. Finally. At the end of this Sunday night heat taping. Yeah, they're definitely hot for him. Like, they've been sitting on their hands the whole time, basically right. waiting for him to come out. So yeah, Like, where the fuck's Austin? Where's Austin? Where's Austin? Yeah. Now he finally comes out there. I do want to point out, at the start of this, um, this promo, there's a guy in the uh, stands that has a fucking really cool Stone Cold sign. So, you know, listeners, when if, if you go back and watch this episode prior to this promo from Vince McMahon on his master plan, there's a guy like front row. It's almost like a full-size cutout that the dude handmade of Stone Cold. It's really yeah, cool. Yeah, that was really cool. I'd see that. And um, the funny thing with Vince McMahon, he notices, like, the crowd reaction. He even responds to it. He says, I have no idea what these fans see in you. And then he goes on from there. You you disrespected Vince McMahon for the very last time. You mocked my authority for the last time, Pally. Pally, that even reminds me of something that the principal from Breakfast Club would say. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> Such a shitty word to use. Pally, you're going to be here for, for the next five years in Saturday school. <laughs> Pally. <laughs> Pally. <laughs> say it again. I'll give you another one. Go ahead. Say, all right, that's two. That's two more. Fine, that's, that's two three. more, Pally. 
<laughs> That's never a good way to deal with a kid is just to let them keep getting mad. It's <laughs> like, okay, there's another one then. There's another one no, then. These <laughs> yeah. kids are stupid, so they'll just keep going. Right. <laughs> they don't think of the consequence. Like, they didn't think of the consequence the first time. They're not going to think of it the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, <laughs> or seventh time. <laughs> so there we go. We got September 27th. On Sunday, September 27th, you're going to defend Austin WWF Championship against Kane. Well, let me tell you something else. On Sunday, September 27th, you're going to defend championship against The Undertaker. It's going to be a triple threat match. What I liked about this is just weeks ago, Austin had said to Undertaker and Kane, he says, you know, I know I don't have much of a chance against the two of you, so that's why you're going to have to keep your eyes open. Okay, uh, keep your eyes behind your head open, or whatever the fuck, something to that effect. And I'm going to take one of you out. So they took from that line that Austin can't beat both of them, and he even admitted it. He could take one of them. He could take Undertaker, but he wouldn't be able to take Kane and Undertaker at the same time. So now Vince McMahon uses that as, ooh, this is how I could get the title off of him. He said he can't beat both of them, so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put him in a match with both of them. Triple threat match. So yeah, I agree. Did. This is a uh, great, 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 great storytelling. Which you, you, you're good at bringing this up in you know, almost every episode. How WWE is good at um, remembering seeds that they planted previously and then capitalizing on that. You know, stories coming full circle. Right, there's continuity uh, in the story. Yeah, another one of those examples. Things. Yeah. Yep. Like I'm the uh, last episode. Yeah, last episode you had said, you know, they showed the hearse at the beginning, and you knew they were going to use it. So it's you know. Right. It's good yeah, that WWE's a lot of the shit they do, and even like little words like Stone Cold used previously. You know, they capitalize on that in the future. Yep. And uh, just recently, WWF WWE put out a new position. It's like a continuity coordinator, and like a I don't know, like a script reviewer or something like that. That is in charge of making sure that storylines are being followed and there's continuity to all the stories and that things that I mentioned previous weeks get brought up again in later weeks and that like each episode is continuing part of a storyline that was already used. So that's something they're going back they're trying to go back to and they want somebody oh, to they hire good. somebody for it. So that's the worst part of the you know, not well there's plenty of bad things with the current product, but that's a good storytelling doesn't yeah, there's no continuity. So if they can do shit like this where they can kind of keep you in, you know, it's a thing with WWE now. It's just hard to get invested into, like, emotionally invested into any storyline because they just, you know, they'll just fucking change curse, of course, at the fucking, you know, drop of a dime. They don't care. Yeah. No, one thing, again, with social media, to get back to that, is that you can miss out on things happening in stories just because you didn't go on Twitter or Instagram or something because things could happen on there. That in between one week of Raw and the next week of Raw, you're like, what the hell happened? Oh, this happened on social media. What the fuck? I don't, <laughs> like, can I just watch a damn show? You know yeah, what's and, going and on? That's, and that's a bad use of social media because people are on social media. They're not, even wrestling fans, they're on it just for wrestling. Like, I've, I have wrestling on social media, but I also have basketball. I have baseball. I have video games. I have comic books. So, like, you, you're only getting, it, it's easy to miss it. Right. So you, you, you should keep core story plot points on television, and that's it. 
Right. When you're telling a story, it needs to be on television. It for other thing like football, baseball. Yeah, you're on Twitter, so you can hear about like injury reports and trades. Yeah, but that's but, different. Right. That's totally different. That's not a you know. They're like, oh, you're not gonna be like, oh, I oh I missed the Red Sox game. I didn't know it was. He was injured in that last game. I'm so, so I'm so shocked now. It's like no, it's totally different. Yeah, and that's and that, that's not that's a nonfiction, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you can't do fiction on social media as a story yeah, it just form. Doesn't work. You don't see other like shows, Game of Thrones, Walking Dead, because this what this what this is at its right. core. Right, it's a and, show. So keep the story on this on the on the big screen on television. Yeah, imagine that like. Oh, you make sure you check out the Game of Thrones Twitter feed. Uh, someone, someone died. <laughs> someone died. Yeah. You gotta go on Twitter to find out who it was. <laughs> You're not gonna see it in the show. It's just this person's gone now. Yeah, it's only on Twitter and Instagram Live. Yeah. What? Tyrion Tyrion Lannister is no longer <laughs> with the show. Yeah. <laughs> His character died off in between this episode yeah. and episode four. Sorry, yeah. guys. No more Tyrion. <laughs> Like I, I get it, they were trying to be ahead of the curve, do something a little different, yeah. think outside the box, but it hasn't worked since they've tried it, and they still, you know, beat that dead ho- dead horse. So yeah. All right, let's get into uh, Raw two seventy six, which is probably one of the shittiest Raws ever, along with the last one we just watched. But <laughs> this one's awful. Yeah, this one's horrible. This is a uh, Raw Saturday night, another Saturday night, two seventy six from September twelfth. 1998, they recorded it, or taped it, rather, on September 1st, 1998. So this is in Lowell. This was in Lowell, man. Yes, that's okay. That's what I thought. The Lowell, the Lowell Mass ones always seem to suck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you did have some good things here and there, but, like, with um, Shawn Michaels, lost his smile in Lowell. <laughs> that kind of sucked, too, <laughs> actually. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it was at one, one segment. Yeah. I mean, the best thing that probably happened in Lowell was when Samoa Joe beat Finn Balor for the NXT title. Oh yeah, in like a, in a house show. It wasn't house a, it show. wasn't on TV. So right. the, that that title change happened. Um, you know, basically you saw that through cell phone coverage, right? That people had at the show because if you recall, that's the one where our group, our crew, me, you, Rob, Patrick, yeah. Eric, Brian, went to Warwick. We, um, we went to the no, um, not Warwick, not um, Warwick. Oh. You um URI URI wherever URI is whatever yeah. fucking town that is, um, Cran- so yeah. no, not Cranston yeah not whatever Cranston fuck- it's fucking out Kingston Kingston yeah Kingston yeah, but yeah well it's funny though we're just just saying oh yeah you're not supposed to do that for wrestling on social media <laughs> and then you're like well that's how you found out about Samoa Joe winning the title was <laughs> was through Twitter and social media. <laughs> but in their defense, that is NXT, right? That's and different. They, it's it's a little different for them. Every once They're in a while, to sell, sell tickets a little differently right. at their uh, those tapings and shit. So, yeah, I like the idea of anything could happen at a live event. You know? Me too. Yeah. So you sell so long, more tickets, if, right? So as long as don't go to live events, there's you know there's not any significant to them. So it's like oh, right. like nothing big's going to happen. Nothing important that's going to play out in the actual. You know, core story for any character. Right. Well, that's why live events are you know good for bringing kids to. Yep, I agree. They just they just want to see the wrestlers. They don't give a shit. They don't know 
No. Story. I mean, they know the stories, but they're not expecting anything great either. They just have to see the wrestlers. Yep. I remember going to the live events, so house shows when I was nine, eight years old, and it was just, oh, cool. I knew in my mind, like, oh, this is just a house show. It's not on TV. It's not recorded, so you know, it's not going to be anything special, but still cool just to be right there seeing the wrestlers. And, and part of it, too, it's like, oh, this is only happening here. No one else sees this other than me and the people that are here. Yep. So there is some intim- intimacy to it. All right, but let's get into this Raw here from LOL. Um, you have a totally different set. It looks like it's a live event show. They don't have the ramp set up for Raw. It's pretty much like they ran into this issue where, all right, we know we're going to have to tape Raw these, like for these two weeks, and one of them is, and both of them are going to be for Saturday shows. But uh, we can't, we can't get the set. <laughs> we can't get the set for Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> so they didn't have the Raw set. Yeah, actually, I did want to mention the last Raw. The last Raw is the first time that on Raw you have the padded guardrails that they still use today. So no, no longer do you have those metal guardrails with the holes in between them. You're now using those padded guardrails all the way across. So that's a big change in look. Can't kick wrestlers anymore, front row. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Those things, though, like when people, when the wrestlers like get tossed into those things, those things like just fold up and bang into people's knees. So definitely some issues there with those old school guardrails. Yeah, those these new ones. They're like bike racks. Right. Yeah. So yeah, those were first used last week on Raw, and actually they made their debut at SummerSlam. So SummerSlam was used for the first time. Uh, what you have here though, on this raw, not not a whole lot, so we're gonna breeze right through this. Is a, there's a bunch of matches, which it doesn't make for a good raw, but it does have that live event feel where it's just match, 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 basically throughout the whole show. Doesn't have that regular raw formula where you're getting the opening, you're getting kind of a setup by like Vince McMahon or Austin coming out, and you're not really even having segments throughout the night in between. It's just a totally different feel of Raw. And it just seems like a filler Raw. Like, all right, let's just get through this one. We're, we're going to be live on Raw on Monday in two days. So why would we do anything crazy on this one? Let's just put some content out. And, you know, they'll like it or they won't like it. But they won't miss anything if they don't watch it. And we'll be back live on Monday. So, yeah, it's just kind of a filler here. Uh, they show a video package of Austin versus Kane versus Undertaker, the triple threat that they're building up to, and everything that's go- going on with them. That's pretty good. <laughs> with that said, though, that's like the highlight of the night is that video package. <laughs> <laughs> a video package of shit you've already seen. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I guess one other good thing is, um, and this is going to build from this point on, it's The Rock calling out Kane and Undertaker. He calls them pieces of trash, and he's going to lay the smackdown on Kane's candy ass. On uh, Sunday Night Heat, which is the next night. Yeah, it's the Wait. Rock putting his uh, his horse in the race. You know, putting himself into the yeah. So the, putting his foot in the main event. The right, you know, exactly. Picture. Yep, this is the beginning of the Rock being in the the main event picture here. So that's it for Raw. <laughs> that was the quickest Raw coverage ever. And now we move on to Sunday Night Heat number seven. 
This is September 13th, 1998, recorded the same night as that shitty Raw from Lowell. So what you got here is uh, Ken Shamrock's going to come out, and he wants a title shot anytime, any place. So he challenges Austin, which kind of out of nowhere. All right. We got this Undertaker Kane thing going on, but now Shamrock wants to jump in the mix and get a title match. Okay. that That's going to happen on Raw the next night. Sable's going to challenge Jacqueline to an even gown match, which I'm excited about. <laughs> and you also have a Kane and Undertaker tag team match. They beat Mark Henry and D'Lo Brown. Then we get to an Austin promo. So Austin's here, and just like the night before, the crowd's been waiting for Austin all night. They finally get to see him during the Sunday night heat taping, and they're going to blow up for him. So take a listen to what Austin has to say. We also got a new shirt alert, too. Pretty cool camo shirt, professional ass kicker shirt. You got the Stone Cold Skull <laughs> with camo. Yeah, this is the debut of Austin's infatuation with camouflage stuff. That's true. Yeah, so he probably <laughs> he probably helped design this one. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, put some camouflage on it. <laughs> it's badass. All right, so <laughs> take a listen to what Austin has to say here. We'll talk about it on the other side. Hey, the very very least. At SummerSlam, at the highway to hell, I beat The Undertaker fair and square right in the center of this ring. And I give The Undertaker credit because he said that he wanted me one-on-one and he sent Kane back during the match and proved that he wasn't lying to Stone Cold Steve Austin. So I respect him for that. I came out on national TV the next day and said how tough I thought The Undertaker was and again that I respected his ability. Then Vince McMahon comes out here and basically makes it sound like I was kissing The Undertaker's That's the last thing in the world I was doing, and I will say this. If The Undertaker thinks, shut up, punk. In a triple threat match, Undertaker, Kane, Stone Cold Steve Austin, respect or no respect, you ain't going to get no more Mr. Nice Guy from Stone Cold Steve Austin, because I will not. I will not give Vince McMahon the satisfaction of seeing some son of a from back here take this belt from me. Man, he means it too. Well, we'll find out in two weeks. As far as Ken Shamrock goes, coming out here belly aching, that he ain't never had but one title shot. Hell, son, when you were in the UFC, once again, I respected your ability. But hell, on the UFC, this is the World Wrestling Federation. If you want a title shot against Stone Cold Steve Austin, bring your little blue trucks out here, and I'll beat your in front of the world. Yeah, let's do it, Taylor. That rattlesnake never, ever backs down from anybody, anytime, anywhere. You got to give Austin his props Jam for Rock, that. I know you're back there. If you want your title shot, come on down. Well, here it comes, the world's most dangerous man, the toughest SOB. 
about, JR? The World Wrestling Federation Championship. It's the richest prize in this game. And to say you're a true superstar in this industry, at some point, you have to have worn that title. And here comes Mr. McMahon and his buddies. And Pops, what up? Vinnie Mac in the house. Briscoe, Patterson, and Slaughter with the boss, Mr. McMahon. Austin, what's the mic? Vince, I can't get one of these jets to ring the bell. So you get your little caucus over there and ring the damn bell. We're going to start this match. Austin's ready to go here. We're out of television time. Well, I don't think this is part of the master plan, but from the look at my dad's face, maybe it is. All right, so Austin comes out there. He makes it a point right away. It says, at SummerSlam, I beat The Undertaker fair and square in the ring. And... He said Kane wasn't going to interfere. He respects Undertaker for that. Because he kept his word that Kane didn't interfere. And he made sure that he sent his ass to the back. And he says, well, Vince McMahon came out here and made it seem like I was kissing the Undertaker's ass. That's the last thing I would do. And then off screen, somebody must have yelled something at Austin. But at 43 minutes, Austin turns and he says, shut up, punk. <laughs> to somebody in the audience. So you got a pretty unruly audience here that Austin even has to like kind of break from what he's saying to say, shut up, punk. Yeah, because you can't really hear it no. come over yeah. on uh, on TV. Like I, I thought either someone said something or he just did that to kind of catch his thoughts. Yeah, he could do Because he's do a that. pro like that. But I, 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 then I realized, like, nah, someone said something in the crowd. Probably. But yeah, that's a good point to think that he might do that because he probably would do something like that. But maybe not in this instance. All right, so he says it's going to be a triple threat match. You ain't getting no more Mr. Nice Guy. I will not give Vince McMahon the satisfaction of seeing some son of a bitch take this belt from me. And then he moves on to Shamrock, and I like this. This is funny. Because uh, as far <laughs> as Ken Shamrock goes, coming out here, belly aching that he never had a title. He never had but one title shot. I think that was against Bret Hart, right? Yeah, one of, actually, Bret Hart's, uh, la Bret Hart's last match. Before Survivor Series was against Ken Shamrock. You're right. Yep. That was his title shot. So he says, I respected you in the UFC, but this is the WWF. You want a title shot? Well, bring your little blue trunks out here, and I'll beat your ass in front of the world. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, that's just Austin, like, picking up on something that he probably just saw in the back. He probably saw Shamrock wearing, you know, little blue trunks. <laughs> I'll bring your little blue trunks out here, <laughs> little bitch. Because I always think of him as like a mini wrestler. It's like, ah, look at this little guy come out. He's got little trunks. <laughs> uh, even though they're not little, obviously. But no. Anytime so, it, uh, Stone Cold says, you know, because he uses that a lot. Yeah, he, he loves to use little. Just to yeah. like downgrade whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Like Vince McMahon's little knees. <laughs> the little yeah, knees. <laughs> All right, so Shamrock does come down with his little blue trunks, and Shamrock just starts yelling at Austin, motioning, you know, I want the belt, give me the belt, I want that belt. And then you get the refs kind of, like, separate them and calm down Shamrock. McMahon and the Stooges are going to head out right around that same time, and Austin wants McMahon to ring the damn bell, get this match started so we can settle this, but the show goes off the air right at that point. I don't know what happened after. 
it may they probably somebody probably came out out of nowhere and Austin had a like a quick match. That's generally what would happen. Or 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 fucking Austin and Shamrock tag teamed against Kane and Undertaker. Something like that. But anyway, we'll move on now to the next Raw, Raw 277. This is Raw Live from San Jose, California. So finally, since SummerSlam, it's two weeks later, you now have a Raw that's live. And apparently the ratings for this were were great. And because people have been waiting <laughs> for a live Raw, this is the first time that they're going head-to-head with Nitro in a while. So they wanted to make sure that this was jam-packed. And watching this, I just kept saying to myself, this is, like, fucking awesome. This is probably one of the best Raws, top to bottom, that we've watched in a while. It's not the most memorable. It's not like a whole lot of great things happen, but just in general, as an episode of Raw, pretty damn solid. It's kind of like on the level of a pay-per-view. The way it was formatted, too. Where you're having matches that actually mean something, like where there's a story. For most of these matches, that's been building up. So it's kind of like a pay-per-view for free on a Monday night. That's, that's how I felt about it. No, I thought it was really uh, I thought it was really good top to bottom. It's got good matches. It's got good promos. It's got good uh, vignettes. It's video packages. Um, okay. it, it, it's a damn good episode. Sure was. I mean, it's going to start off with a nice promo. Vince McMahon, yeah, he's got Kane, Undertaker, Austin's going to come out. So to start the show, it's pretty hot. Yeah, people have been waiting for Austin McMahon confrontations, not having to watch them just on Sunday Night Heat. <laughs> you finally get it back here on Raw. So let's take a listen to that, and then we'll talk about it after. Listen, well, he's irate as the boss. Sick and tired of watching you walk around with that WWF championship belt. Whoa! And on Sunday night, September 27, I won't have to see it again. Most of you know that recently I announced a master plan. A master plan that would guarantee that Stone Cold Steve Austin on Sunday night, September 27, would lose the WWF Championship. It's coming right out. Tell it like it is, JR. Most of you also know. And yet a further statement that on this night of Sunday night, September 27, I've ordered a triple threat match in which Stone Cold Steve Austin will defend the WWF title against both The Undertaker and Kane. Wow. Impossible odds for anyone to overcome. However, what none of you know, especially you, Austin, is that there's been a little business arrangement here. As you might suspect, you see, I've granted The Undertaker and Kane a title shot, but they're going to do a little something for me as well. You see, business is business. Don't get me wrong. 
There's no love lost between Vince McMahon and The Undertaker and Kane. I will never forgive or forget what you've done. However, uh oh, it's real simple, Austin. You see, I scratch their back and they scratch mine. What's he talking about now? Or maybe, maybe I shouldn't say they scratch my back. Maybe I should say they protect my back. Huh? You see, Austin, if you so much as lay one finger on me, one or both of these two monsters will be all over you. They'll annihilate you. He's about protection, JR. That's what he's doing. Which is what's going to happen on Sunday night, September the 27th. Anyhow, you're going to be annihilated. Now, why is it that Vince McMahon can guarantee to the public that the WWF title is going to change hands? Well, a number of reasons, but principal among them is this new stipulation in this triple threat match. A stipulation that was added just a moment ago, and that is Undertaker, you are prohibited from defeating your brother Kane in this match. What? And Kane, you are absolutely prohibited from defeating your brother, The Undertaker, in this match. You see, this is not a normal triple threat match. No, now let me see. If my addition is correct, I would say, in all likelihood, hey, this could be, this could be two against one. Duh. You Can see, Austin, you won't do business. You refuse to do business. You won't do things the easy way like Undertaker and Kane. No, 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 no. You've got to do things the hard way. You've got to do things your way. So have it your way, all right? And on Sunday night, September 27, Austin, when you're flat on your back, looking up at these ring lights, and there's been an announcement that you are no longer the WWF champion. I want you to remember one thing. And that is Vince McMahon didn't screw Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh no, not at all. Stone Cold screwed Stone Cold. Take Austin apart here.
and Stone Cold Steve Austin. He flipped, he flipped, he gave him the... Did you see that, JR? I saw what he did. How hideous can a human being be? What is Mr. McMahon thinking? There's no way Austin can survive against these two monsters. And speaking of business, we may not have to wait till Sunday night, September 27, because in that very ring tonight, you will defend the WWF title against the world's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock. What? My God, what else? What else are they going to do to Austin here tonight? All right, so when this Raw starts, it's just like right off the bat. They don't even do the opening Raw, you know, the, uh, the opening theme. They don't even do that. Uh, McMahon, Kane, and Undertaker are already just in the ring, and Austin music just pops off right away. So they're not wasting any time getting started here. So Austin comes out there. McMahon is yelling, shut that music off, shut that music off. And he's, he's in a really pissy mood here. He's like, I'm damn sick and tired of seeing you walk around with that WWF Championship belt. And on September 27th, I won't have to see it again. So there we go, September 27th. It's kind of like... <laughs> WWE Network, nine ninety nine, nine ninety nine. That's funny. Just September twenty seventh, September twenty seventh. It's like shit. This better be a damn good pay per view. I'm fucking sick of hearing about the date breakdown. So Vince McMahon comes out. He's like, I got my master plan. I announced the master plan that would guarantee that Stone Cold would lose his championship. So kind of, he's kind of rehashing right now all the things that we've talked about about how it's going to be a triple threat match. Undertaker, Kane. Well, he's going to add a stipulation to it that he hasn't said yet. Okay, and like I said, he's reiterating it, reiterating it because people most likely may have not watched Raw on the Saturday nights, or or even watched the Sunday night heat. So some of these people haven't seen anything since SummerSlam, maybe. So he kind of has to like set the table again for everybody. So he he brings out all that, he points that out, and there's a business arrangement now with Kane and Undertaker that they got my back. So if you touch me, they'll annihilate you. Trust me, they'll annihilate you. And Vince McMahon goes on, I can guarantee you will lose the title because of this new stipulation. And this new stipulation is fucking dumb. Dumb, dumb. Uh, it's dumb. so flawed. It's so inherently flawed. They do, they, they, they do a really good job during the editor of not having, you know, loopholes. I don't even know what to call it, but pretty much shitty writing. 
or yeah, booking the, even. Right, um, the booking, yeah. Yeah, but this this is this is stupid. Yeah, but the crowd doesn't even realize it either. So. No, right. It so sounds they start good. Cheering. Right. But when you think about it, it's like, that doesn't make any sense. And what he's saying is, and you just heard it, but, you know, Kane and Undertaker are prohibited from pinning each other. Then McMahon says, if my addition is correct, this could be mean that it's two against one. Like, okay, I guess, you know, for that aspect, all right, they're going to have to go after Austin. They need to beat Austin to win. So they're going to be pounding on Austin. They can't pin each other, so they're not going to beat each other up because they can't pin each other. So they're just going to focus all their attention on Austin. That's what they're trying to get across, basically. But what does McMahon really want to do? He wants... What? No, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know what you're gonna say. He, yeah, he yeah. wants the belt off Austin. It's not. He doesn't right. want Austin's ass kicked. That's just like a bonus, right? But he wants. He wants his fucking award, which he owns, the fucking WWF title, off off out of his hands. He doesn't want him to represent the company anymore. Right. So on the traditional triple threat rules that they've had in the past, whoever pins anybody would win the title. So why would you change that stipulation if all you really want is Austin not to have the title? Then you could get into the situation where Kane could pin the Undertaker, win the title, or Undertaker could pin Kane and win the title. None of them would even have to pin Austin, and the title is off of Austin. Yep. Fucking dumb. Okay, so first part of it, okay, but it's almost like they didn't consider that. Or they just thought that the crowd would be too dumb to even think about it. Who else? But yeah, kind of flawed there. So I just thought, hey. Do it that way. Get the title off of Austin. Bam. That's it. Well, that's illogical in their mind, I guess. So what you have here is it's going to be basically a handicap match. Not following triple uh, threat, the standard triple threat rules. And they're going to be going to September 27th, as they continue to say here. And uh, um, man, uh, mankind. What the fuck am I saying here? McMahon. McMahonkind. McMahonkind. And with that said, Mankind hasn't been around <laughs> in a couple of no. weeks here. But yeah, he'll be coming back soon. We'll we'll be getting back to him in just a few moments. But Vince McMahon, rather, you know, said, "I want you to remember one thing: when you're flat on your back on September 27th, Vince McMahon didn't screw Stone Cold." Oh, no, not at all. Stone Cold screwed Stone Cold. Which, I get it. I want to try to elicit that response of, you know, the heat that he got with McMahon. But this doesn't fit at all, because Stone Cold didn't do anything <laughs> to screw himself. So He just wanted to use that line. Yeah. To call back a, to him. Exactly. That was basically the line that turned him heel. Right. Brett really. screwed Brett, you know? Yeah. No, you're right. That's probably what it is. But so. just because you want to use something doesn't mean you should. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't always fit. Yeah. You forced it, bro. <laughs> yeah. So immediately Austin nails him right away after he says that to him. And then Kane and Undertaker start stomping on Austin. Uh, you got McMahon. He's playing the maestro again, directing the attack. Uh, Austin's going to get double choke slam. But then the great thing here is McMahon, he gets on the floor. He gets in Austin's face <laughs> and starts like shaking his head. He, he, uh, <laughs> 
Just like Austin does when he stuns people. Or when he stuns McMahon, he gets in their face, starts shaking his head. Then he gives the double birds. McMahon gives the double birds to Austin and rolls backwards out of the ring. <laughs> Just like Austin does. It's like most uh, athletic Vince has looked. <laughs> McMahon's the man. <laughs> he is. Best heel on television in the 90s. Oh, he's so damn good. So... That's it. That's that's leading up to September 27th. Even JR and King are going to mention it over and over and again. So it's like a, it's like a directive from Vince McMahon. You got to announce this date. You got to keep announcing this date. In case Maybe. anyone forgot. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't hear him the first hundred times. It's September 27th. It's probably because they've been off the air for two weeks, basically. You know, they haven't been off the air, but they haven't been on their Monday night spot for two weeks. And now it's already uh, September 14th. And it's just yeah. a couple of weeks away, so they're like, "We got to mention the shit out of this because, yeah. you know, a lot of people not, might not even know about this event." So just fucking shout it out there over and yeah. over again. I mean, their their core demographic, like the teenagers and shit. You know, who knows? I don't know. Parents might not have let their kids up at fucking eleven o'clock at night on a Saturday, so they're worried. And those are the people that yeah. are begging to get the. Hey, right. they were selling pay per views then, so I, I get it. It's different now, where it's just like, all right, you know, you go on the fucking network, you pay ten bucks, it's there. Yeah. You know, back then you needed to, you know, people like you and I, we we were, you know, in that core demographic, like their target audience, that you know, teen and preteen um, uh, demographic. You know, yeah. Hey, make sure you remind your parents September twenty seventh. You need fifty bucks to order this fucking pay per view. <laughs> I'm wondering how people even knew that. Raw was on the Saturday initially because they didn't mention it on SummerSlam at all. That Raw You're will right, be on tomorrow. Didn't. It'll be on next yeah. Saturday. They didn't do that. Yeah, you have to check your fucking TV guide. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so now that'll bring us to the main event. So actually, right at the end of that promo, uh, McMahon reminds Austin, or informs Austin, rather, that you're going to defend the title tonight against Ken Shamrock. So Ken Shamrock got his wishes from the night before, from Sunday Night Heat, and now he has this title match. So this is the third consecutive day that there's wrestling on. You had Saturday, you had Raw on Saturday, you had Sunday mm-hmm. Night Heat, now you have Raw again on Monday. Three fucking days in a row. I would have loved that shit. I don't, I don't think I watched these because they, don't, they weren't familiar to me. These things what, here. The, sun, the Sunday Night Heats? No, any of these things happening. I didn't. These things aren't familiar to me from back in the oh, 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 all right. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. So I hadn't seen these. If I did, I don't remember. <laughs> we got the main event here Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Ken Shamrock in what is a hell of a match. Damn hell good yeah, wrestling really. match. Um, Shamrock comes out there. He's got his little blue trunks on. <laughs> I, I was wondering. I was like, is he going to come out with little blue trunks or is he going to switch it up because <laughs> he said that? Comes out with his red ones or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, Fuck you. I'm not wearing my little blue trunks, dickhead. <laughs> my red ones. <laughs> These are my little red ones. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, before the match, Shamrock said something pretty stupid. He says, um, you know, you're looking at the calm before the storm. He reminds me of Bret Hart sometimes with his delivery. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, he but does. He, Shamrock, a great tactician, had everything going for him that you could possibly want, except he couldn't talk. Right. And that's why they often went with him yelling and screaming and flipping out. 
because he yeah. had nothing else to say. Yeah, we have nothing else to do with this guy. Oh, that crazy. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, he says, you're looking at the calm before the storm. Like, what does that say about him? <laughs> he's saying he's the calm. In the yeah. storm, you know, inherently what they're saying is the storm is, you know, the storm is Kane and the Undertaker that you'll be dealing with with that uh, at breakdown. But I'm the calm before the storm. Well, yeah. that's not a good thing. <laughs> no, that's not good. That, yeah, that's, that's, it, that's, that's like a walk in the park. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm the walk in the park. <laughs> it's like, no. She Should've said something like, you know, you may think the storm's coming at breakdown, but it's arriving early. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, something like that. <laughs> like, fuck. So anyway, you get to this match. Uh, right when the match starts, JR informs the audience that they fulfilled all their commercial breaks. And I thought, yeah, sweet. I love that. Because you know you're going to get the match. You know you're going to get to see it like it's a pay-per-view match where yep. you just you get it. and It's not broken up. It's not like today where it's broken up into four-minute segments and, you know, so formulaic where, you know, and you know, we were just talking about this, but if you're watching Raw, and I have it on the background, you have it on the background, you know, it's so predictable when they're going to go to commercial. Usually someone will take a bump outside the ring and then immediately they'll go to a commercial break. That's just how it is all the time now. Yeah, you can even tell with the way the audio I know it's like right. you can tell with the way the audio's changing. It's it's freaking it's way too formulated, right? And you can tell like just like how Michael Cole is about to send off the commercial break. Yeah, just by the excitement in his voice or lack right. thereof. I don't know the yep. tone. Right, it's just like this match continues on Raw. <laughs> like, yeah, once you hear oh, this, you're like, all right, you're already up for the bathroom because you're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no excitement either. To like. Oh, come on. Stay tuned with us. This match will be right back. Sorry, we're going to go, but we'll be right back. Yeah, it's all casual. Yeah, it's like, this match continues on Raw. What do you mean continues on Raw? (laughs) It's it's commercial break. It's not continuing. It reminds me of, like, uh, the fuck was it on, like, ABC Saturday mornings as the kids, whatever. It's like, after these messages, we'll be right back. (laughs) 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 All right. Yeah, that just stood out to me. It's like, all right, good. We're going to actually get a match here. We get to watch the match without interruption. And uh, we get into the match. You get some, you get some, like I said, wrestling. You get some actual wrestling here. Headlocks oh, yeah. and pretty cool shit. But um, and this will be a, more of an inside joke for us. But when I was watching Shamrock, I was like, wow, that's Mr. Garvin. Mr. Garvin was a history teacher at our high school. And he was a boxer. He was a fighter. And Get a really good just like too. Yeah. yeah. Right. Go, go yeah, gloves definitely. and all gloves. Trained with Mike Tyson. Yeah. During the Olympics. Yeah. During the Olympics in the eighties. Yeah. He does. <laughs> like, oh. He does. He does look like Gavin. Like a jacked. He looks like Gavin. a jacked. Yeah. Jacked Gavin. He's got the same facial features and everything. It's yep. good stuff. Well, he's got that boxer's nose too. Like you know that nose. Yeah. That nose that, that's that, taking some shots. Yep. That's really what it is. It's the the fighter's nose. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Shamrock, you know, damn good wrestler here. He's, I think he's adapted perfectly to professional wrestling from going from UFC over to WWE, WWF rather. And, you know, he definitely has the skills to do it. But like JV was just saying, like you just said, that his promo skills weren't there. So it was tough to get a much character other than, you know, he's intense. He's the baddest man in the world, whatever type gimmick. 
though that lasts for so long, but then, you know, it's not going to... There's only so far you can go with that. Yeah, people don't care anymore. Right. So And UFC yeah. then wasn't what it is now. Yeah. No, exactly. As far as popularity, it was actually more vicious then. Yeah. But not as popular. So I, just based on how this match was going, I thought, man, imagine how great this match would have been like a year earlier too. Like back in 97, like before oh, the injury, before, before SummerSlam 97. You know, like, like the kind of work that he was doing with Bret Hart at WrestleMania 13. Yep. You know, the work that Austin was doing. And Shamrock was the referee in that match, which is pretty cool too. You, you can tell these guys have good chemistry together. Like their styles um, gel. You know what right. I mean? Yep. And I don't want to go through all the details of this, of this match. I just want to recommend you guys watch this match. Is there any spots that you wanted to point out that you thought? Yeah, um, I did. So there is, um, you know, just it's a hot, it's a hot start to the match, which I always enjoy. That it's not like, you know, it, they're they're exchanging suplexes back and forth. You know, I, um, there's a near fall of Ken Shamrock where the ref. Um, I think it's Lawler points out that that was a long two count from the referee. So it just kind of, it, it, it's a good way to kind of narrate that Shamrock's, you know, obviously like a, a formidable opponent for Stone Cold. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, what if that wasn't a long two count? If that was a regular count, did, did Shamrock win the match that early? You know, it just leaves the leaves it up to the imagination of the viewer. Um, there's not really much dead air even in this match, even when they're chain wrestling. But one spot I liked is the, there's like a, a nice textbook heel kick by Shamrock. So he busts out the heel kick off the ropes and then transitions into a very nice fisherman suplex. Like the thing looks pristine. Yes. Yeah, very, um, very good. Like a perfect flex. Yep. Yeah, and what I like about Shamrock, I've always liked about Shamrock, is the way he his suplexes are, his slams. They're almost, it's almost like he's snapping them out. You know what I mean? Like mm. they're quick. Like, I don't know. Like some people you watch do um suplexes slams they're just sloppy or they they feel like long you know what yeah. i mean like they're just like i don't know um they take a little while to complete his everything's like quick tight crisp you know yep. and to the point and uh he, he's basically doing that throughout the whole match but the the best spot of the match was um the hurricane rana reversal yes um so shamrock tries the hurricane rana and uh stone cold reverses it into a powerbomb. Yeah, that was crazy. More, it almost looks like a variation of like a pop-up powerbomb because of the way he kind of catches Shamrock, which is dope. Yeah, right, that's, does. that's probably the spot of the match for me, at least. Yeah, I would say so, too. That's what I have. And what, one thing it brought to mind to me is uh, at this point in a match, the, nowadays the fans would have hijacked it. I know. They would have been yelling, this is awesome, and all yeah. that shit. It's nice not because to hear that. It's nice to oh, just. I love it. It's nice I to just it. feel it on your own when you're watching the match and just be enjoying yeah. it, like knowing this is great, you know, to yourself. Like that's what the people in attendance thought too. They were like enthralled by the match, so they don't want to be yelling because they're watching it. <laughs> yeah, it's what you paid to do. It's like now, asshole fans today feel entitled to be a part of the show. So every little fucking thing, any good thing that happens, you almost can't enjoy it. Like, I'm guilty of it when you go to shows, you start cheering, everyone else is doing it. Yeah. But I think the only time you should really, like, feel like you need to be involved in the match is if you're, like, cheering 
for like the 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 face a of comeback the match or to, something to come yeah. back, or if they engage you to actually be a part of the show. Otherwise, right. shut the fuck up, sit on your hands, and enjoy the show. <laughs> right, just watch, you know, clap yeah. and shit, you know. But yeah, don't, don't be getting your voice on the audio. It's overkill. I mean, well, the thing is now, like people. Kurt Hawkins match now. It's like, come on. It's a fucking right. match at 845. The fuck are we <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> the thing is now, people are just kind of like, they see a spot, and then they'll pop for the spot, and then they'll start chanting because of just like some crazy move they saw. And not, yeah. because, it, not because it's telling a good story of a match. It's just, oh, that was a cool move. This is awesome. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, it's like ah, oh, so th- that inspires awe. What just happened? Does right. it really? That was awe inspiring. Yeah, hey, give me a fucking break. That's one thing I wish would just, uh, just go away from wrestling. Not entirely, but I don't know. It's not awesome if everything else is awesome. <laughs> yeah, like pick and choose. It's like they right. just there's a lot of bad judgment. It's like maybe the like one fifth of when they actually chant "This is awesome" is actually fucking awesome. Yeah, it's, it's certain crowds. But that's how good this match is, though. Because, you know, I guess that's a sign of a good match. The crowd decides to hijack it. That's true. There are multiple points for on this match. So if you're if you're a younger um, wrestling fan and, you, you know, you weren't around during this time, for this match, to put things in the perspective for you, is a match where you'd get up and cheer and, right. you know, this, you would your marquee chance. Yeah, you would be <laughs> hearing this is awesome chance for sure during yeah. this match. So, anything else? Any other spots you want to bring up? No, I mean, there's the uh, the Boston Crab towards the yeah. end of the match. So, uh, Shamrock's got Stone Cold in the Boston Crab. And um, Stone Cold always, in my opinion, is always looks awesome when he's in a submission. Like, his, his selling, the faces he makes. Yep. He's, just, he's always good when he's in a submission hold. And, um, you know, there's the moment where he's kind of scraping and digging and trying to suck up the whatever little energy he has left to kind of grab the ropes. Yeah, that's a good spot, which is a nice way to kind of cap off the, uh, you know, the pace of this match and the flow. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. You know, from there, Austin gives a, the mule kick to Shamrock, which which I actually like this spot because Earl Hebner is the referee. He, he got his timing right, and he wasn't looking. So I was like, perfect. Because Austin, you know, he tried to get out of the corner, <laughs> gave the mule kick. Hebner was just not looking, and he's able to get out of it. He starts to stomp a mud hole. Shamrock, that leads to a double clothesline, and Austin's going to go for the cover. So you have them both down. Austin finally goes for a cover. So Shamrock is definitely looking like a legit contender for the title here, and Austin just barely getting him to cover and only gets a two count. But at this point, the crowd's attention gets taken away from the match as Undertaker and Kane start to make their way down. And that's the thing that kind of sucks with Raw, is that you're going to be having a great match, but because it is Raw, they want to push other stories. Yep. So you know that it's always going to come down in the end to something happening, where this great match that's been going on is not going to be a clean finish. It's not going to be a legit finish. So, But but they did their job, like knowing it wasn't going to be clean. To, right. to keep us interested, like, hey, maybe, because it, 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 it just gives that little bit of doubt that maybe, just maybe this isn't going to go the way of a regular Raw, you know, usually does. That's when you know you know you got a good match. Where right. You think there might actually be, like, a clear victor at the end, which, you know, 
in most cases never yeah. happens in a raw main event when there's a belt on the line. Well, that was um, but that was kind of like I what happened. It's, did I hear correctly? Did you did you give Earl Hebner props? Yes, I did. I gave him. Props did you pat enough. him on the back? <laughs> Holy yeah. shit! Yeah, you actually did a decent job in this match. Yep. <laughs> Gotta say it. Gotta say you did. See? This Mike Pru guy, he's a very fair, you know, <laughs> yes. he'll acknowledge you when you do well, he'll let you know when you suck. That's right. So, stand up, gotta be. That's right. <laughs> when you deserve an A, you get an A. When you get an F, you get an F. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Spoken like a true teacher. <laughs> yeah. Educator. All right, so you got these guys coming now, now uh, coming down now and uh, going to distract the crowd. And... Uh, Ultimately, what happens is Shamrock's going to get choke slammed, and Austin starts to get stomped. Earl Hebner is not calling for DQ yet, so that's kind of sort of made me like, ah, what the fuck, Hebner? Why are you not calling <laughs> DQ? <laughs> but, hey, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there he is. There he is. <laughs> well, you get the you get the Rock, and now you got Mankind come running out, and we haven't seen really much of Mankind yet, but they come running out. And they go head to head with Kane and Undertaker, uh, mankind, uh, McMahon, McMahonkind. <laughs> that should have that should have been something, McMahonkind. Yeah, you know that's that's uh when that's co- instead of corporate dude, corporate corporate dude, yeah, McMahonkind. Yeah, when he uh when he has like the tie on, yeah, like you know when he, you know we didn't know what to call him when he had like the tr- when he's kind of like a uh, both corporate dude and mankind. That's what yeah. you should have went with, right. McMahonkind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been perfect. <laughs> Hell yeah! All right, so there they are. They got mankind now with the Rock. It's like what? Rock's getting pushed more here again, big time. He's now in the mix with all these other top stars, and so it just seems like all of a sudden, like, is the Rock even in the nation anymore? <laughs> What's going on? He's just like off doing his own thing now, going after Kane and Undertaker. Yeah. Yep. And even even McMahon looks like he's looking at he's looking down at the ring like what the fuck's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Austin grabs a chair. He, he nails Taker. He nails Kane. Uh, Austin walks up the ramp. He's going after McMahon, but McMahon runs behind the curtain, and that concludes the episode of Raw. Now it did give away a little bit about Mankind, you know, because he, he showed up in this match, but he shows up early in the night, and we'll get to that in the side notes in a minute. So he's back. He's been he's been away since SummerSlam after he got nailed with the sledgehammer. Well, he's he's making his return here. All right. So um, yeah. That, so you know those opening segments. That opening segment with the uh, McMahon, Austin, Kane, Undertaker. That was a cool opening promo. Then you get this sweet main event match. This is like I'd say this match is a four star, four skulls, four skull match to me. I for, agree with you. Definitely for a I raw. Gotta, I gotta go four skulls. You know this. This had all the makings of a five-star match, if not for the um, the interference at the end here. Right. Yeah, definitely great. So go back, check out this match from this episode of Raw from September 14th. Check out this entire Raw because this is underrated. I don't hear people talk about this Raw. It's it's one of the, the best Raws of this part of 1998. Not for anything that stands out as being memorable, but just as a solid show that's enjoyable to watch. From top to bottom. So with that said, I had said that it's kind of like set up like pay-per-view. You're getting legit matches. 
legit stories all like coming to a head just like it would be on a pay-per-view. Yeah, you're going to get Kane versus The Rock. Okay? The Rock had just previously, previously said that he's going to light a smackdown on Kane's candy ass. And now here we go. We have a match already. So The Rock comes out and he doesn't have the nation behind him. The nation's not with him. He just yelled at the nation in the back and Owen Hart was kind of pissed off about it. So nobody goes out there with him. Well, Kane has The Undertaker with him. And, you know, The Rock was almost at the point where he was going to get the win, but the ref was knocked out and Undertaker interferes. So what happens is Mankind comes back. He returns at this point and he sneaks in and whacks Kane with the sledgehammer. And what you got here is a combo. You got like a, a totally mixed Mankind. You got Mankind you know, wearing the mask, so you know it's Mankind. He's got the mask on. But then he's got the corporate shirt on. Underneath the corporate shirt, you got the Do Love shirt. And then as he's walking back up the ramp, Undertaker's following him. He goes bang, bang to the Undertaker. So he's got all the personalities all mixed into one right here. So it's like he doesn't know who the hell he is at this point now. He's totally consumed. He can't even pick one. He's all of them all at once. So I thought that was pretty cool that he, he was wearing all the different aspects of his characters right in this return. It's been two weeks. Yeah, it shows how un, un, unhinged he is. Like, he's right. really, like, at a boiling point of being unhinged. Like, he doesn't know oh. what the fuck to do with himself. I mean, you know, he oh, thought he was, he was in with Kane and freaking Paul Barra. He thought he was Vince McMahon's freaking, you know, hand-picked guy. And poor guy's just a fucking mess. Oh. <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> mess. And he's going he's gonna to become more of a mess as the show goes yeah. on. I mean, we know he shows up at the end, but throughout this show, he's uh, he's got some shit to deal with. So, <laughs> and that's going to be the Undertaker, which is crazy. Here we go. You know, the Rock pins Kane there to just to kind of close up that match. But the Undertaker is going to challenge Mankind, and he tells Mankind to bring his sledgehammer. And so Michael Cole interviews Mankind in the back, and his face looks busted. I don't know if it's like makeup or stuff, but his face looks busted underneath his Mankind mask. And he'll accept that challenge. So then you get Undertaker versus Mankind. This is a fucking brutal match. Definitely another cool match worth checking out. It's at the 50-minute mark. It goes for about eight minutes. It's funny at the beginning of it because McFoley's in the back. He's like gathering all his, all his materials with a dumpster. He's throwing ladders, tables, <laughs> trash cans. And he's singing uh, Hi-Ho. Hi-ho, it's off to work we go. <laughs> and, and he's just like demented, throwing all different things, singing a Disney song into his dumpster. Ah, classic. Classic Mick. So they get out there, they have their match. Like I said, it's pretty brutal, as as you would imagine it would be. There's a fucking like a legit wooden table out there. It's not like the typical tables that they go through. It's like I don't know, like half I don't know, six inches thick. It's fucking pretty thick, the fucking wood that's on there. So you have that going on. That's pretty damn cool. The Rock is going to come back down during this match. He's going to pop out of the dumpster. He's going to hit Undertaker from behind with a chop block. Rock also tosses Mankind over the barrier. So I like that little touch because it shows that he's not babyface just yet. While he went after the Undertaker because he doesn't like the Undertaker, he also wasn't out there to help Mankind because he tosses Mankind over the barrier, too. So, again, this is the beginning, the 
real beginning of The Rock being on main event level. And so while we, we, we know he's being, being pushed, he's a big star, he's got the chops to cut promos, he's the IC champ, or he was the IC champ, but now they're taking him and they're moving him on. It's almost like he dropped the title at SummerSlam to Triple H so that he can now move on to the main event picture. Yep, absolutely. That's exactly what it was. He was he was getting too big for that picture. They needed to uh need to cash in on his popularity. Yep. So now they'll build up Triple H in that role. And then eventually he'll he'll grow to be too big for that spot too. And then they're just stacking up main eventers over the next couple of years or the next year yep. or so. And then even Kurt Angle's gonna come in a year later and he's gonna yeah, rise that ladder right. too. So Shit's getting good here, so now you're going to get The Rock in the main event picture along with Stone Cold and Mankind and The Undertaker, so things are getting good here. Uh, so that was cool. You had Owen Hart versus Triple H. Nothing really special there, but it was an IC title match, so pretty cool. Uh, Dustin Runnels and Val Venus have started to have a feud, and Val Venus, who's been babyface kind of, is now looking more heelish with his actions here. But I guess, you know, in the 1998 audience, Somebody that steals somebody else's girlfriend might be looked at as babyface. <laughs> <laughs> so Val introduces um, to Dustin the preacher's wife. So it's you know typical scene of Val Venus laying in bed talking, you know, hello ladies, blah blah blah, and then you know, out comes from under his sheets Terry Reynolds, Terry Reynolds Marlena, and she was just. Uh, Give him a blowjob, apparently. So, <laughs> Dustin, you know, watching this on the Titan Tron, gets down to his knees and is, like, crying and whatever. So, Val even, he jokes, oh, I guess getting <laughs> on your knees runs in the family. <laughs> Zinga. dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, you got Edge versus Gangrel. Now, you know, on. you wouldn't really think that'd be a big deal. It's not a big deal, but this is a storyline that's been going on for a few weeks of, you know, they might have some tension and they have a history with each other. So they're actually getting to have this match now. And Gangrel is going to... They're kind of setting the seeds for Edge to join Gangrel. Okay? So Edge yeah. is like this tortured soul and Gangrel has... Has something on him. He knows. He knows Edge, and you know Edge has to uh, kind of. He's gonna have to bow to him eventually. You know he's gonna have to work for Gangrel. Is what it it's seems almost like. like uh, what? What? Just from watching this, I was um, rewatching this. It almost feels like, you know, Gangrel's obviously like a vampire, quote unquote. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like Edge is almost like a vampire hun- hun- uh, hunter. So. <laughs> Like, were they trying to, like, capitalize on, like, the popularity of... I don't think it Blade. was out yet, but I, the Blade movie. It either came out or was, like, coming out. Because I know it came out in 98. came out in 98, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, but I don't know if it already come out or if it's... If it came out, like, I don't know, because we're in September. I don't know what month it came out, but I know it Probably came out, came out in October. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm like, are they trying to capitalize on, like, fucking vampire hype or something? I don't know. Let's see if I can find the date quick, yeah. Oh, it already came I, I, Actually, it came out like. Movie, so. well, it says Canada. Why the fuck would it tell me when it came out in Canada? I don't give a shit. <laughs> no one out gives out a Canada. shit. I'm sure it's not too far off from when it came out in the United States. 
Uh, well, we got I released. think even in Canada, they'd look to see when it came out in the United States. <laughs> yeah, look at where it came out here. Yeah? <laughs> United States is where it's at. Um, <laughs> uh, it came out actually um, just less than a month before. August, no shit, 20, so. August 21st. Yep. So this is this was actually taped on the 14th. So it hasn't even been a month. So, hey, that's they could have just Vince Russo could have went to go watch it on uh, August twenty first, and <laughs> it was like, "Yeah, hey, I got an idea. Let's get a vampire hunter for for Gangrel. We got the vampire ready, but let's make Edge vampire hunter." <laughs> he's like that Adam Copeland guy. He's got uh he wears those black sunglasses. Blade wears black sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> What's uh, his name? Yeah, uh, they could have went uh, with that. Yeah, I would. I, I'd love that Blade. I was like a fucking junkie for those movies. Yeah, fir- yeah, I saw the, the first, first two. two at least. Yeah, yeah first the third two. one was kind of kind of whack. The only good thing about the third one is Ryan Reynolds plays a, a vampire hunter with swords, and everybody, oh, even yeah. I, then knew. I'm like, ah, he's like Deadpool, <laughs> right? And then you know, like ten years later, he's fucking Deadpool. <laughs> well, first it was so. the shitty Deadpool in X Men. Remember that one? Yeah. Yes. Yep. 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 Like the Weapon X. Deadpool. Yeah, he's Weapon X. In the, yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, that's funny. But that's kind of like, uh, I don't know, you know from like the way he was with the swords and everything in Blade 3, with Jessica Beals in that also, she's pretty uh, hot in that too. Mm. Um, um, Based on, from that movie, most like fanboys knew like, oh, Ryan Reynolds was Deadpool. Because he even kind of oh, yeah. acts like him. He's cocky and shit. Like, yep. you know, he's Ryan Reynolds in that fucking movie and then we got the shitty version of him in Weapon X uh, in uh, the Wolverine Origins movie. Yeah. Then he finally stupid. got to be the Deadpool he wanted to be for so long. Yeah. He had to, he had to make he's... it on his own, basically. Yeah. Yep. yep. All right. So let's wrap up this roar. You have um evening gown match after that. You get uh, mm-hmm. Sable versus Jacqueline, and Jacqueline's titty pops out. And, like, yeah. nonstop. Like, like. Sable's like just pounding on her, and there's like no way to hide it. It just keeps coming out. So the she's blurred out the entire match, and this match <laughs> ends like super quick too, which is pretty shocking. It's almost like they said, "All right, we, we can't have this match. It's gonna end," because Sable just wins too easy against Jacqueline. I mean, unless that's what they were going for, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I forgot like how because there's like a lull here in like women's matches. There's like um. Most her name Medusa, Alondra Blaze. Like after her, there was like there's like a a dead. Oh yeah, women's wrestling kind of dies at WWE, and it's funny. The two performers that kind of like rejuvenate it is fucking Jackley, Jacqueline and Sable. Like right. I knew Sable was one, but I forgot that it was actually Jacqueline that you know. Right, maybe was Luna. like her first her first foe. Yeah, Luna too. Luna uh, starts getting more involved now as she's with the oddities. Right. So. Yeah, Sable's the one that revitalizes this. <laughs> yeah. And then from there, I guess it's pretty steady from that point on that there's women in some kind of role. Alita you know, eventually comes in about a year or two later. So yeah, that's a good point. All right, so this brings us now to Sunday Night Heat. The following night, this is, well, the following week rather. So this is just a week before breakdown. September 20th, it was recorded the same night on September 14th, and I did point out like last week that 
you know, we're probably not going to cover everything on Heat. And while that's true, the, there are some storylines that continue from Raw. So if we're talking about it in the Raw side notes, you know, it's going to make sense that some of it's going to come up on Sunday Night Heat. So we'd have to mention it if we want to continue what we've been talking about. So mm-hmm. some things will come up on Sunday Night Heat, but it's not a whole lot. You know, Sunday Night Heat's only an hour long show, so you know things go by pretty quick on that show, which helps me enjoy it. <laughs> um. So let's just get into it. You Mankind. Mankind comes down with the Rock and Shamrock. Shamrock and Rock are like Mankind's bodyguards here. And he does a quick match with Dustin Runnels, which is weird because you'd think they'd be building up Dustin Runnels to be able to compete, you know? He's he's in this feud with Val Venus. He's just going to take a loss to Mankind out of nowhere. So that was pretty random. But after that, after he gets his ass kicked, he's going to get his ass kicked a little bit more. When he sees how Terry got her groove back, and <laughs> <laughs> it's just more Val Venus making fun of Dustin and sleeping with Terry. Um, Val Venus gonna ask Terry, you know, yeah, what's he asking? He's like, I can only think of one thing that's harder than seeing your wife in bed with another man. So Terry responds, "It's the big Valboski is the only thing that's harder." <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I definitely feel like Valvinus is heel at this time. <laughs> it, because Terry's being a heel. You know, they're both being big heels. And Dustin's just like crying his heart out. So he looks like a baby face. But I think it's the opposite. I think we're supposed to hate Dustin and, and like Valvinus. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, to I, me. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. I don't I don't know what to make of this either. I don't even know what to make the Valvinus. Is he a heel? Is he a face? He's entertaining. Right. But it did seem like during Kayentai, he was just strictly a babyface. Yeah, he yeah. did. He didn't. He didn't really look like a a heel until who did he wrestle at SummerSlam? D'Lo. D'Lo, yeah, mm. because the fans start chanting for D'Lo, right? Because hey, D'Lo, D'Lo was over. People actually liked D'Lo in the nineties. I did. Yeah, me too. All right, so there is a, there's one clip here that we'll play. We'll get get through here. Is uh, Undertaker and Kane with Michael Cole. So I'll take a listen to what they have to say about September 27th. Undertaker and Kane. First off, let's talk about this business deal you've struck with WWF owner Mr. McMahon. Mr. Cole, let me ask you a question. Why is it everyone feels it necessary to anger Kane and I? You have no answer, do you? Our business deal is strictly that. I have no love lost for Vince McMahon. As a matter of fact, if he was standing here on fire, I wouldn't throw scalding hot water on him. And as far as you go, Austin, it's not my fault, and it's not Kane's fault, that you've angered McMahon. What you need to concern yourself with, son, is the World Wrestling Federation title and breakdown. You better keep your mind focused. So maybe the only thing you'll lose is your title. Well, with that said, this plan, though, seems to be flawed. I mean, Mankind, Ken Shamrock, and The Rock. You know, you're really starting to push it. As far as Mankind, The Rock, and Shamrock go, 
Gentlemen, you need to understand one thing. If you get in our way, you will be hurt. And you will be hurt badly. So the next time you think you need to stick your nose in our business, you better think long and hard before you do. We take no prisoners, and we show no mercy. Think about it, gentlemen. Is that what you want? And that brings us to tonight in your tag team matchup, gentlemen, against the DOA. The DOA. Well, as far as we're concerned, DOA stands for Dead on Arrival. And gentlemen, when you show up tonight, that's exactly what's going to happen to your careers. Because you stand between us and something that we want very badly. So gentlemen, you can't be the first victims, but you can and will be the next. In this Sunday, at Breakdown in Your House on pay-per-view, the triple threat match for the WWF Championship. The Undertaker... Austin, our destiny will be your demise. What the hell? What? Wait a minute! Yeah! All right, so basically you just have The Undertaker warning Austin about September 27th and the title. And Michael Cole is going to also bring up Mankind, The Rock, and Shamrock. And that they might have to worry about them. They might be a problem. So, just uh, Michael Cole is touching on a few different things. Uh, they have a match with DOA. Kane and Undertaker have a match with DOA later in the night. So, obviously, Undertaker with his lame, his, his lame mic skills is going to say, well... DOA stands for Dead on Arrival. <laughs> Which I knew he was going to use that joke. Like, I knew he was going to say that. Dead <laughs> on Arrival. Fuck. He says it. And then this line, <laughs> Undertaker stole this directly from Ric Flair. DOA, you can't be the first victims, but you can and will be the next. Which is cool. Is, well, is it a Ric Flair ripoff? Yeah, because what Ric Flair says, though, he says, Ladies, you can't be first, but you can be next. Woo! <laughs> Which I love that line. It's like, you can't be first. I fucked a whole lot of women, like, but you can be next. <laughs> I like that line, too. Spoken like a true player player. <laughs> yeah. So Undertaker must have loved that line, too. So he's like, I'm going to use it. You can't be the first victims, but you'll be the next. <laughs> So then Kane even gets on there. Austin, your destiny will be your demise. <laughs> so he's got a little voice changer. Uh, out of nowhere, Mankind comes in and attacks at the end of that little quick interview. And Mankind attacks Kane. Undertaker goes for Mankind. Then Shamrock and The Rock come in. So, you know, you got The Rock again. And, the, and again, it's like, is he babyface? Why is he hanging out with Ken Shamrock all the time? <laughs> and where the hell's the nation? What the hell's going on? Is the nation, god damn it. So it's always just kind of fading off from the nation. Which I don't remember how you broke off. I mean, maybe this was how it was. I don't know. We'll see. See how, how it goes in the weeks to come here. Uh, McMahon and the Stooges come running in to try to stop things. Shamrock's acting like a lunatic. He actually knocks McMahon into the lockers. McMahon probably didn't like that. Kane and on to take a stand by McMahon with the sledgehammers. And McMahon talks to Mankind later after the commercial break. He's trying to be like sympathetic to Mankind to get Mankind back on his side because he sees that he's going off now with Jamrock and The Rock. He wants to control 
Mankind because he's always been able to control him. So he's trying to pull Mankind back in to his grasp. His grasp, and he says, uh, you know, I want you to hurt the rock and Shamrock. And then Mankind, it's like he agrees to it. So that's pretty much the gist of it there. At the very end of the night, yeah, at the end of this uh, heat, you have Kane, Undertaker versus DOA. Nothing really happens here. Just kind of, you know, McMahon's on commentary says, this is a prelude to what's going to happen with Austin in one week. So we're one week out from breakdown. And that basically breaks down our coverage for this episode of the Bottom Line cast. So let me just wrap up things here with the house show rundown. Um, You had on September 12th, 1998, in Seattle, Washington, Stone Cold Steve Austin defeats Undertaker, Kane, and Mankind in a no-DQ match with Sergeant Slaughter as the guest referee. Uh, the following day, September 13th, in Anaheim, you get Steve Austin, same match, basically. You get Austin defeats Kane, Mankind, Undertaker. He defeats Kane with the stunner. And then on September 19th, New Orleans, same match. <laughs> September 20th same match and September 20th evening show same match Austin versus Undertaker versus Kane and Mankind so that's about it, about it there so that's our house show rundown JV got a no hell yeah moment this week oh, yeah. yeah my oh hell yeah moment actually goes to baby stone cold <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> once, once uh, I saw, it, I was like, "That's my hell yeah moment." I don't care if uh, what happens from here on out. It's fucking baby Stone Cold. <laughs> I'm gonna give my oh hell yeah moment to the match. I'm gonna give it to the Shamrock versus Austin match. Damn good match. Good one. What about oh hell no? What do you get for oh hell no? Uh, insane clown posse. <laughs> there you go. I had to see them. That was enough for me. I almost didn't even want to do the episode after I watched it. <laughs> I'll have to close my laptop, stop my research. <laughs> but, you know, I toughed up, you know, fought through it, and I feel like a stronger man today. All right. Proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, oh, man. Oh, hell no. All right. So my oh, hell no is pretty much the whole idea of a raw Saturday. <laughs> raw Saturday at 11 o'clock at night. That's a good one, too. With two fucking pointless episodes of Raw that just went by that everything was really covered on two hours, but over two weeks on, two episodes of Sunday Night Heat. All the storyline happened right there on those two episodes. It just shows you what you can do with one hour of wrestling if you need to. Get your stories across in an hour. Let everybody go watch something different after. (laughs) So that's it. That's oh, hell yeah, oh, hell no. And then we move on now to our plugs. All right, so we got Talking Taker. Talking Taker is a great show about The Undertaker. They're covering The Undertaker much like we do here on the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast. And this week they're covering July of 2002. It's The Undertaker versus The Rock versus Kurt Angle from Vengeance 2002. Take a listen to Alex Dorio talk about Talking Taker himself. Oh, hell yeah. What's up, Stone Gold fans? This is Alex Dorio, one of the hosts of Talking Taker. 
And along with my co-host and fellow creature of the night, Travis White, we are digging up the career of the dead man, one pay-per-view match at a time, on a podcast journey that's a lot like what you're listening to right now on the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast. So if you're enjoying what Mike and JV are doing here, going through the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin, come check us out as we explore the Undertaker's three decades of destruction. We're right in the midst of the Biker Taker era right now, so you can jump right in or start over from the beginning and hear us discuss the Undertaker's side of the story from his many battles with the Rattlesnake, The Rock, Mankind, and more. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, YouTube, Spotify, and more. And you can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Talking Taker. Thanks to Mike and JV for letting us plug the show, and take her easy. What? I said, take her easy. And also check out Book in the Territory, the unprofessional wrestling podcast, where they break down episodes on Thursdays of NWA, WCW, Saturday night. And on Thursdays, on Sunday nights rather, they cover Smoky Mountain Wrestling, and they break down the episodes, and you know they have some hilarious banter back and forth about this old school wrestling. So again, that's Book in the Territory, the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. They're currently in 1988 on their Thursday show, WCW, and in 1994 with Smoky Mountain Wrestling, covering episode 141 this week. Hey, before you leave, hey! As for us, got a little change of plans based on what we said last week. So what we have for you next week on May 8th, instead of our continuation of this story we're telling, with Stone Cold, we're going to be taking a, not a break, because we're still providing you a couple episodes, but we're going to take a break from this story from September of 98, and we're going to give you a couple watch-alongs over the next couple of weeks. Okay, JV is going on vacation, so that changed our schedule a little bit, so just for the sake of uh, being able to get the content out there for you guys, we're doing a couple watch-alongs. You guys voted on a poll maybe like a month and a half ago about what match you would want us to watch again and do as a watch-along for something that we've already covered. And it was Austin versus Bret Hart from Survivor Series 96. So next Wednesday, in lieu of our regular episode, we'll have the watch-along special edition, Austin versus Hart from Survivor Series 96. The following week, we're going to give you another special edition. This one we have not talked about yet. And this is, uh, this is going to be one that people are going to be interested in. And we talked about it all the way back on episode one that we would do this one day. And that is to do a watch along for an ECW Steve Austin match. Okay, so we're going to do a watch along with an episode of ECW Hardcore TV from December 12th, 1995. That is the episode where Steve Austin goes for the ECW World Championship against Mikey Whipwreck and Sandman. So check that out. That's going to be May 15th. So again, in the next two weeks, two watch-alongs, Survivor Series 96, ECW Hardcore TV from December 95. And then the following week, we'll be back with our regular episodes on May 22nd. It'll be episode 32 where we'll be covering the breakdown pay-per-view. September 27th, September 27th, that's what we'll be breaking down on episode 32 in three weeks. Okay, so we're not going anywhere. Episode's still coming out. Just a little change so that JV can get some rays in the sun and enjoy himself. Yeah. 
for his probably his last vacation that he's going to have for a long time. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's pretty much it here. Um, you can reach out to us on social media at, on Twitter Cut. at MPRU83 if you want to reach out to me, Mike Pru. If you want to reach out to JV, get him at John Van Damage. And if you want to reach out to the show, it's at Bottom Line Cast. Cut. Russell on Facebook at Bottom Line Cast. So follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Cut. If you listen to us on iTunes, please leave a rating, five star rating, of course. And Write a review if you have time and say some good things about us. If you want to share this show with your friends, let your friends know that we're on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Play, Player FM, Radio Public, a whole bunch of ones out there. Okay, so basically we're on everything. So it's the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast. I'm Mike Pru, along with JV. We'll be back for episode 32, continue this story of September of 98 in three weeks, but... Stay with us next week and the week after for those two watch-alongs. I'm Mike Crew, along with JV. We're out of here. So long.